Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Revival under Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 17. And I'm not going to take time to read the chapter. I'm going to ask you to read it later. But we're going to be looking at different parts of this. Jehoshaphat was uh, one of the kings that uh, did right in the eyes of the Lord. He was the uh, son of Asa. And uh, we, we see here that Jehoshaphat uh, had not been uh, long on the throne before he took a step that was uh, uh, admirably adapted to benefit and uh, indeed to bless the nation. Better than strengthening himself, uh, which we see in the first two verses of chapter 17, chapter 17, Second Chronicles, the first two verses, uh, Jehoshaphat, his son, talking about Asa, reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and, he, and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa, his father, had taken. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat Here's, here it is. Because he walked in the former ways of his father David, he did not seek the Baals or idols, but sought the God of his father. Underline that. He sought the God of his father. And we can have the same kind of revival that took place in Israel, or we can have the same kind of revival that took place at the turn of the century in the assemblies of God, but we've got to seek the same God that our fathers sought. We can't live on yesterday's manna, or can we live on our father's experience? We've got to experience these things for ourselves. And so... As we look here at Jehoshaphat, I want to look at what he sought. I want to look at what he taught. And I want to look at what he wrought. It's just an easy way of me, for me to remember what I'm going to say. It's easy for you if you're taking a, and making notes. First of all, what did he seek? It's a blessing to be raised in a Christian family. He was raised by a godly father. Uh, to be taken to church on Sunday morning is tremendous. To see little ones sitting in the pews and uh, clapping their hands and raising their hands when we're praising the Lord... Yeah, they, they make a little noise, but praise God, they're learning. Amen? And uh, better than being, taken, uh, being sent to church is to take the child to church and to have a proper example to follow in the home. 
We as parents, we fall short of God's demands. But think how much better off we are and our children are than those that are in the ungodly families out there who never hear about church. They only hear about Jesus when He's cursed or when they turn on the television and His name comes in vain over the television. You know, I, I wasn't brought up in a godly family. Missed out on a lot. My dad was Catholic. You know, once a Catholic, always a Catholic. And though he hadn't been in the church in years, he was still Catholic. And my mother was brought up Methodist and because she wouldn't be married in the Catholic Church, they didn't recognize their marriage. So she wouldn't go to the Catholic Church and she wasn't about to bring her kids up Catholic. So we were left to choose our own way. My father was an alcoholic. I was one of ten children. I know what it is to wear hand-me-downs. I know what it is to have children poke fun at you as you're going to school because your clothes is not quite as good as theirs. I got a paper out at the age of nine because I needed glasses. My mother couldn't afford to buy my glasses. and One thing my family was, they were too proud to go on welfare of any kind. So I got me a paper route and paid $2 a week to the, uh, to the optometrist for my glasses. I can remember my sister just older than I and my brother that was younger. On Friday night, we would make a tour of the bars in town until we found which one Dad was in. And we'd call him out, try to find him before he got too drunk. Because he was very free-hearted when he'd been drinking. And before he knew it, his whole paycheck would be gone. I don't know whether it was so much what he drank as what he gave away. But if we could catch him in time, he was very generous with us. We could tell him we needed new shoes or new hat, new coat, something, and he'd give us the money. And after all three of us had hit him up for some money, we'd take it home and give it to Mom to be able to buy some food. 
I want you to know that there is, that is being played over and over and over again out there in our world tonight. And I know what those kids are going through. <clears throat> 205,000 Americans will die alcoholics this year. million babies will be aborted. There's such a waste of life. Souls. And each one of those souls, Jesus Christ died, bled for each one of them. See, He didn't die just for the godly. He didn't die just for those that have come into this church. Do you think God enjoys seeing kids going hungry? Do you think He delights in the fact that 1.8 million babies are being slaughtered? That a baby can be born and a doctor... Uh, be born alive from an abortion and, and a doctor say, well, choke it to death. I heard that. Drown it. This is not God's way. And the only reason that this can take place is because we as God's people have not done the thing that God has told us to do. You know, Christian parentage isn't enough. It's up to each one of us to seek the Lord, our God. Isaiah had the word for a backslidden Israel. He said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Hosea said, Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. He was depending on his fortified cities in these first couple of verses. And you know, I'm, a, I'm afraid because we've made such short work of the war in the desert. That the United States is going to become proud and arrogant and think that they are invincible. That no one can beat them. They don't realize it was the prayers of the saints that caused that war to end as soon as it did. We can't depend on planes and bombs and missiles. We've got to call upon the name of the Lord. Seek ye the Lord where he may be found. 
That's a word for the church today. Religious freedom is passing us by real quickly. It's eroding away. We're being attacked. Religious freedom is being attacked on every side. And the closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more persecution we're going to see. Secondly, let's look at what he taught. Verse 9. So they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. Brother, that's how we're going to get revival. They took the book. And they didn't stay in a, in a little house or a synagogue or a temple or a church. They went out where the people were and they taught. They went through all the cities. And we've got to have people in all of our cities. Fanatical people. People sold out for Jesus. People who will shout from the housetops. People who are not ashamed. People who are proud of their God. Jehoshaphat got evangelistic. Verse 7 says, He sent His leaders. Verse 8, he sent his Levites and his priests, the priests. He began to send people out. If the work's going to get done, we're going to have to send people out. People are going to have to go. We may be short-handed here in the church when it comes time for a service, but we've got to have people out there. We've got to have home Bible studies. We've got to have uh, sidewalk evangelism. We've got to have house-to-house -house revival. First of all, we've got to believe that this town is ours. God sent us here. They may think that they run this town, but I know who runs this town. And I know who's going to bring revival here. Hallelujah. If Jehoshaphat had been content to stay in Jerusalem, there would have never been a revival. If you uh, can't get them to come to Jerusalem to study the Word, then the only thing you can do is take the Word out to them. So Jehoshaphat got trained people and sent them out. I'll tell you, some of the people that are coming to this church now came through a Bible study in Geneva, came through evangelistic efforts in Geneva, 
Well, why can't we play that same thing over and over again throughout our communities? The communities that are represented here. We got people here that are anointed and called of God. And it's a matter of going out on faith and begin to share the Word of God with people. So Jehoshaphat got trained people and he sent them out and he knew that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so he began to teach the Word of God. I want to give you a simple little thing for revival. Number one, employ. You've got to go and get the people. Secondly, deploy. Send them out, right? And thirdly, you're going to destroy the work of the enemy. And that's the way it's going to work. Paul gives us the keys over in 2 Timothy. You may want to turn there for a moment. 2 Timothy, chapter 2. First of all, in verse 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved. You're never going to win anyone else until you yourself are under the anointing of God till you've rightly divided the Word of God until you know the Word of God yourself, then you can go out. We need to be workmen and need not to be ashamed go out there and make mistakes. Amen? Secondly, in verse 2, he says, The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The key is that we have to find faithful men. I think that goes for women as well. And you begin to pour yourself into that one person. who will go and pour themselves into one person. Who will go and pour themselves into one person. And as it just kind of multiplies. That's called discipling. Amen? We think that it's good enough to get them to the altar. No, it isn't. The reason that Betty and I have taken such a uh, Holt on Daryl is not just because he happens to be going with Bobby at the time, but because Bobby was instrumental in leading him to the Lord, and she's not here, so it's up to us to disciple that person. The person you lead to the Lord is the one you're to, to disciple. That's the greatest follow-up program you'll ever have. When we as individuals begin to pour into them the thing that we have. Most people have been here long enough that they have something to give. 
Those that don't have something to give, let's teach them. So they'll have something to give. Hallelujah. And then in verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness. In my Bible it says hardship. Things are not always going to be handed to you on a golden platter, and not everything's going to go smoothly. There's going to be times when you'll get young people that you bring in here that they come from a background that they're not, they, they, they don't even know what discipline is. And you're going to have them in your Sunday school. Sandy, can you say praise the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah! There'll be those that'll come in and tear up the furniture and we'll have to repair it. Not everyone is going to be well disciplined. I can remember the first church I ever went to. I was so bored with that Sunday school class that I couldn't stand it. And I was disrupting that whole class. And they're going to have that kind. Amen? You're going to have the one who backslides. You're going to have the one who still has those rotten habits that haven't fallen away yet. You're going to have some that even... You got a foul mouth. Amen? But God is able to transform lives. That's what we're talking about. He transformed your life, didn't he? That means that it wasn't so good to begin with. Amen? So we have to learn to be tolerant and compassionate. And I want to tell you one other thing. It says here in verse 3, endure hardship as a good soldier. We ought to talk to the guys that just came back from the Gulf. Some of them said that they waited in line for hours to take a shower. Hardship. There's, it's not always going to be easy. And you might just well settle that right off the bat. If you're going to be a soldier of the cross, there's going to be a cross to bear, there's going to be hardships. And you can't spend all your time in boot camp sitting in a Sunday school class learning. But you've got to begin to go and do Some of those guys, they thought, I've got it made. I'm a weekend warrior. I can get some extra money. And I'll even have my wife join. Never dreaming that one day they were going to have to go into battle. Well, it's the same way in the church. You know, we're called in and we're lulled in and so forth. And, but he's training you to go out and to do battle. 
Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That tells me we're in a battle. Amen? <clears throat> what he wrought. Let's go back to our text. <clears throat> First of all, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, verse 5. The fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdom of the lands that were around them, around about Judah, so that they made no war with them, verse 10. The Philistines and the Arabians paid tribute, verse 11. When you operate according to God's plan, you can't lose. How many of you know that? This is God's plan for having a revival. He'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. Amen. A couple of other verses I want to look at. We have a couple of minutes yet, I guess. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Does that sound familiar? Jesus said the same thing. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong. Be of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong, there it is again, and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to, from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. In other words, we're going to be successful wherever we go. But you got to go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but it shall, you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do... A, that you may do what? Observe to do. It's not enough to read it to meditate on it. We've got to begin to do it. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and be of good courage. That's the third time he said it. I think that he meant it. Be strong and very courageous. Amen? Hallelujah. 
I believe just as Joshua, the land stood before him, the land stands out there before us tonight. And Joshua was given the two-foot rule. Wherever you place your foot, I'll give it to you. Place your other foot, and I'll give that to you too. Two-foot rule. And you just keep going. I believe that's a promise for this church. The two-foot rule. We've got to go with all. Hallelujah. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. This one here you should know by heart by now. Anyone care to quote it? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. I'll give you the land if you'll go. You're commanded to go. Joshua said, uh, haven't I co-? it says in there, haven't I commanded you? Well, hasn't God commanded us to go? Yes. And he says, I'll be with you. I'll give you success. I'll give the land to you. I'll give you the heathen as an inheritance. But you've got to go. Mark 16, verse 15. 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those that believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not uh, by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Why did he sit down? Because his job was finished. He was now in the place of power. He was at the right hand of God the Father. And all power had been given unto him, therefore go ye. What it said over in Matthew, right? Verse 20. And they went out. They believed God and they went out. And look what happened. And preached everywhere and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. See, we want the signs and then we'll go. We want the power, then we'll go. No. You've already received the power. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be witnesses. And we go in that power that he's given us, and then he begins to perform sign after sign after sign that he is with us. Amen? Hallelujah. 
I don't know how to end this other than to say there's really a burden in my heart that we begin to seek God. Seek God. Begin to meditate on His Word. Begin to let Him motivate you. Go in the strength and the power of God. But go. Someone is depending on you, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done everything that He can do. He's depending on us. 